Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The War Room, a podcast where we talk to successful executives and founders of great companies and about their oh shit moments and how they recovered from them. And today we are here with Oded Zeavi. Hey, Oded. Hey, Oded. How are you doing? Uh, well, how are you? Good. Good. So uh, for people who, for some reason, don't know you and, uh, and Mesh Payments, give us, give us the intro. Who are you? What's the company? What are we talking about? Um, so, uh, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, speak in your amazing podcast. Um, I'm Oded. I'm more than 15 years. I think we met, uh, so many years ago, uh, in the, in the payment space. Uh, among other, I was the one who started and managed PayPal's business in Middle East in Africa. We were one of the first uh, territories where PayPal wanted to go international, uh, which was an exciting and amazing, uh, period for me. Uh, and then, I was fortunate to uh, to lead the business for uh, the turnaround of uh, one what is today maybe the most successful fintech company that came out of Tel Aviv and Touchwood will will spec itself uh, very soon uh, called Pioneer um, and almost three years ago uh, I founded Mesh Payments. We are really focusing today uh, on helping some of the most amazing, fastest growing brands uh, in the world to orchestrate and get more control and visibility of their corporate spend. A lot of emphasis about how you manage and pay your, all your SaaS subscriptions. Uh, but we really help, as I mentioned, companies like Monday.com and Papaya Global and so many other amazing brands uh, to orchestrate their entire corporate spend through our platform. And this is a really hot category. It's growing fast. You guys are growing fast, but it's not where it started. And today's story is it's kind of like uh that point where you had to make that to change right so uh, when we founded mesh almost three years ago we almost immediately raised a seed round based on a deck that doesn't have any linkage to what we do today hmm. and we started working on a on an exciting b2b cross-border payment solution um with my amazing uh my amazing team and I think it was, we started to feel uh, something is not going as well as we wanted during more or less uh, a year, uh, almost a year from now, uh, yeah, January, February last year. But I was confident that we are on the right path. Uh, we started to see some traction and I left to a, to a, to a tour, uh, UK and, and, and the Valley. Um, I think it was March 7th. Um, and I landed in London. I 2020. To, 2020, yeah, yeah. 2020, yeah. 2020. The week when it all when it all uh, screeched to a halt, basically. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm looking back at some of these days. Like I've landed at, in London, and I started. I, I the first thing I wanted to do is to find a sanitizer, and I started going between uh, boots to boots. And I couldn't find any sanitizer. By the way, the only place I could have found sanitizer was when I met VCs, and they had a lot of sanitizer in there. In their offices, uh, but I, I felt that something is is going wrong. But it wasn't as as extreme. I, I took a flight to to San Francisco that Friday, and I landed that weekend in, in in Friday. And I had a scheduled meeting on Monday morning uh, with the legendary investor Oren Zev uh, in his famous cafe in, in, in University Avenue. I'm sure you spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Um, and during the weekend, I started to get messages from the meetings I had that like they might need to cancel and everything was running so fast. I remember meeting Oren um, and he was saying to me, like, what are you doing here? Like the world have changed, like go home. 
reduce your cost, fire whoever you can, reduce the salaries. Like you are wasting your time. Nobody will meet you here. Just take the first flight and go home. Yeah, I remember you and I, that was like the last, that was the week when we all realized things are going down. Like I, I was there, I cut my trip short, I went back home. You and I met for, we met for lunch, right? And it's like you told me about people canceling meetings, everything shutting down. Yeah, I remember we were maybe the only one in that restaurant, by the way. <laughs> almost, um, it's true. Almost. Um and yes, I, I remember getting out of that meeting and, and getting all the messages about the, the delayed and canceled meetings and, and asking myself, like, I need to do something and I need to, the world have changed and I need to think differently. And that's where it all started. Um, so I went, uh, again, I remember it at University Avenue. Uh, I, I went, one of my, uh, every time I'm in, uh, in the US, uh, one of the things I must, mandatory thing is to go and buy my uh, wife and daughter some stuff at Lululemon. I remember getting into Lululemon, uh, seeing there are discounts, which again, this is another sign that that never happened before, ever, yeah. ever, ever. And the first thing I, I asked myself while uh, picking everything that I could is, you need to take care of your run rate. Uh, we were, again, my reason, the reason for the trip was that we wanted to raise the round. Uh, we had, um, we had, we are running out of money. And the first thing I asked myself, okay, what do you do next? Um, and I was, again, lucky and fortunate that we've opened a very small safe uh, because we wanted to bridge between the, the time that I will, I believed I will close the round. And a month before, I was fully optimistic that I'm going to close a very quick round based on on the progress, and I, I pushed back and, and and I pushed back many angel investors about that they wanted to join that safe. I told them, listen, there is a round coming soon. Like join the round, don't waste my time and your time in a polite way. Um, so what I started to do is start calling all these angels, uh, which I refused like a few weeks ago with a uh, once in a lifetime offer, a uh, very short term that if they there is a short opportunity for them to invest with that with that safe, and I was surprised that like in almost three hours, I collected almost a million dollars. So and that's so wait, so wait. This is okay. So this is you getting into action, like starting to putting the money together. I think that's really interesting. But let me take you just for a few seconds back. The moment where you like, okay, shit's about to go down, right? What is that like? You, you sometimes talk about, you know. Israelis, we have a strong like fight or flight situation. What's what's that moment when you realize, okay, I'm I'm about to fight for the life of the company right now. This is much more serious than I thought. For me, when push come to shove, really, it's and and I've spent a lot of people are talking about uh, you know eighty to hundred and all these amazing entrepreneurs that come from all these technology companies, and they're not speaking about all the amazing companies that have been founded by. Uh, entrepreneurs that have spent, like me, most of their career in the army in, mm. in combat situations. Uh, you know, now we have a prime minister that have, have made a, a successful exit and, and probably a, a second one soon uh, that was uh, spending in one of the most elite units. I wasn't uh, in such a unit, but I spent most of my army career in uh, leading uh, soldiers. Um, and one of the things you, you learn in this situation is when when it's when again it starts getting bad, you need yeah. to act like a machine. I always yeah. the most the thing I convert is like machine. Don't even think. Take let your emotion 
away. Just don't think about, oh, I'm in a bed sheet. Like you don't have time. Uh, again, things are, are really getting bad. And, and in, in the army, it's mostly getting bad, meaning some people might get killed. In yeah. the technology space, it's not as extreme. Um, but still, after so many years, you are really um, train yourself to think as a machine, ask yourself, what are the most rational things I need to do? In, in this case was to increase my run rate. By the way, for me, in many cases, not only when I act like a machine, even when things are so emotional, I usually bring somebody that I trust and I'm telling them, this is, this is the story, um, make a decision. And I usually follow his decision, even if uh, I, it wasn't my, uh, my best uh, option. Uh, wait, so wait, it, wait, I, I want to I stop you there. I want to stop you there for two, two things and, and one to kind of reflect on what you said and one to just set up what you're saying, because this is extremely important. Number one, uh, the Andy Grove's Only the Paranoid Survive is a big uh, business book. And I think to me, one of the biggest takeaways is uh, companies fail, beca- not because the management doesn't know what to do, but because it's afraid to do what it knows needs to be done. And you're describing a situation where you just like you just jump into what needs to be done, even if it's a surprise to everyone. And I think that that's something that's uh, shared with a lot of very effective CEOs. So that's number one. Number two, you're basically saying I don't necessarily trust my judgment, so I bring someone in that I trust to tell me what to do. Kind of second guess my thinking. Is that what you're saying? Well, totally. Going back to the examples, like the the most like the emotional thing that needs to be done then was to call the uh, my teammates and start preparing for uh, for uh, layoffs or to cut salaries or yep. things that most of the other things have probably follow the the the, the, the standard um, and also again when you again you felt that the world is is ends and emotionally that's what you do when the world ends you cut cut uh, cut layoff people and, and you cut yep. salaries uh, in my mind it was like stepping back. Uh, thinking what's the most important thing for us to do and, and make a few rational decisions about that, trying to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that, sorry. And then, but, but, but then you, you pull someone in to help you with that because that sounded to me like a very important lesson. Yeah, well, these these actions is usually, you know, that decision in, in will impact me. And again, mm-hmm. uh, when it impacts you, uh, and that's the most cases when I bring somebody um, outside person to that I trust to help me. Decision is is when I'm part. I'm really an important part of this uh, decision. Remember, again, right. making this decision in this case about a lot of it relates, by the way, to uh, to human resources where. You know, there's are many of the people that you brought are your are your friends. They are not just your employees. Yeah. There are people that trust you. Um, it starts by the fact that in my mind, my uh, my biggest challenge as a as a, as a standard startup founder is that you have all these people who trust you, and that's really what makes me awake at night. Um, and to do that, as I mentioned, it's very emotional to take decisions that might hurt that, and 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 that's how I behave at least. Yeah. Okay, so great lessons. Bringing you back, you're calling those angels that you refused in the in the last round. Within three hours, you put together a one million dollar round, or like injection into the company. What's next? Uh, then I uh, flew almost the day after to New York. Uh, you know, I landed in New York uh, uh, trying to meet uh, my, the bank that works with us. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I I got out of the airport. The taxi driver told me, "Are you sure you want to leave? Because Trump just announced that tomorrow they are going to shut down the airport." Uh, I and my wife on the line uh, begging me not to leave the airport. I was again rational enough to decide to take the taxi, uh, meet that our bank, which was my last meeting with that bank for almost a year, which was very important. Uh, mm-hmm. Meet them in a coffee house because they 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 couldn't meet me at the office. Uh, sh- uh, take my suitcase and go back to Newark and live to <laughs> two weeks of quarantine in a basement in my house. Um, and that's where it all started. Um, and then you know now I, we found myself with the runway from one end, but from the other end, as I mentioned at. A service that is really based on on partnership with with companies in emerging markets that they all disappeared they all melt down one by one some of them have called us and say you know my business is uh, has has been reduced 95% and some of them didn't even bother to call us which brings me to the second thing which was maybe uh, the key reason why we are having our conversation is that when these things happen the first thing when I'm always saying when you have a crisis the first thing you will a personal crisis the first people you will reach out is your family and in a startup situation that family is your network um, and I really started going talking with all my friends as I mentioned I was uh, fortunate to start PayPal business in Minnesota Africa so I knew all these amazing companies that we helped as PayPal to grow mm-hmm. uh, and I started going to all my friends and And, and trying to find uh, a big pain that can be that we can go and solve with the technology that we build in advance and to, to pivot to a place where we can uh, grow again and, and bring value so you basically you're kind of first of all you're calling all favors and you uh, and, and you are like uh, uh, just retrofitting the technology to what's what the market needs in yeah. real time totally I have I had I, I, I started talking and one of the advantages that we have now in Tel Aviv that we have all these amazing unicorns and public companies which we didn't have two years ago that can be mm-hmm. used design partners to almost any idea that you have so we start I started approaching many of them that I knew well and I started listen I have this infrastructure this virtual card infrastructure tell me what really bothers you and 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 by the way, the, the, the other lesson that I learned in that case is that it doesn't, like they could have told me, listen, now we can use these virtual cards to pay for stuff. Uh, but when you want to pivot quickly and you want to start showing value, you need to look for a huge pain. Um, right. And it's not enough like to give them something. Uh, th- their favor they will do to you um, is not scalable and it's not sustainable. Yeah. So it's this, is, enough- this is literally building the plane while, you, while you're falling down the cliff, right? This is, you're basically telling us about doing that. Totally. And, and, and one of my aha moments in that space was uh, having a conversation with a CEO, CEO of one of these companies telling me, listen, you don't believe what happened to me yesterday. And remember, COVID has really impacted companies in, in many ways. One, one, mm-hmm. one way was the fact that they all shifted to the cloud. So a lot of the services that they've been using before have now shifted to become to SaaS vendors and to SaaS services. Yep. And the second thing was that everybody were remote. So the communication in the company was much more difficult. And a lot of the processes that they've done before by 
talking with each other face to face have been eliminated. So mm-hmm. we told Millicent, you don't believe what happened to me yesterday. Uh, our bank uh, canceled our credit card because they thought there was a fraudulent transaction. And we wasn't sure which, which, uh, what, what is paid with this credit card. So we waited and waited. And then our MailChimp, which was, was charging our credit card and started and sending us notification, which nobody re- read, uh, shut, went down. And for a few hours, all the uh, all our clients didn't receive emails, hmm. and, and 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 that was a huge pain. By the way, it was so big that it wasn't. It was beyond the finance team reach. Like it impacted right. the build business of the company, um, and that was where in one of the first moment I said, "Okay, we have an infrastructure. We have an amazing team that knows payments, uh, and many of my teammates have come from PayPal and Pioneer." Uh, we have a problem and we have a great design partner. Right. Um, let's do it quickly. Um, and that's how we started. Um, and the fact that we are talking now 14 months after, we are uh, one of the leading companies in, in that space. We are servicing hundreds of companies, uh, processing tens of millions of dollars. Um, it's all started with a very single morning and we really a lot of very small decisions that have brought us to where yeah. we are today and and that's just a founder reacting in real time realizing something is going down and and just and just doing it and then just build, building the the plane on the way down being able to take off before you hit the ground so this it's an amazing story and thanks for sharing it so what to, to kind of wrap up, what are your lessons? Like if someone's listening to this, they're in the middle of this. I don't know. They're like, they, they're shivering in PTSD from, from experiencing that week. Like kind of looking back, what, what are your uh, lessons for, for listeners on how you handled the situation? So a lot of the things we discussed are things that could have been built overnight. Um, going yep. back to some of my the behavior and the decision-making process is not something that you can change overnight. You should act, behave that way when you are young and, and, and less mature. And if you will tra- tra- train yourself to think like that, uh, mm-hmm. when you will have the reasons to do that, that you can happen. So that's something I, like these types of behaviors needs to be trained from almost early days. And that's my advice to entrepreneurs, which spend a lot of their time with the technology side. They also need to understand that it's taught by the people and sparked by decisions. So, yep. and, and that's also goes to uh, my, uh, my discussion about my network. My network has been built for almost 15 years. Uh, people have decided to help me not because I reached them out of nowhere. It's because they remember that when they needed me, uh, they could have trust me, and they can you could, they can get my help. I'm always telling a statement that uh, the guy who is now the CFO of Fiverr uh, told me many many years ago, which is you win some, you lose some, and you help some, and that's how I behave in any interaction I have with people. Um, and it's not always about winning or losing, and and that's these things will come back to you um, when you when you really need them. So. My other uh, lesson and advice to entrepreneurs is that even when times, you know, you don't have the patient, you don't think it, it's really worthwhile or really bring you any short-term value, that, that might come back to you. And, 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 and these interactions, uh, it's not always about the, the short-term 
um, it's, it, will it will come back to you the, 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 the time you need it. And last but not least, when you decide to pivot, like don't compromise on, on just taking what you have and digest, adjust it a little bit. You need to yeah. look for Lean a, into it. a clear pain which will create real value that your companies will be able to decide very quickly to use you and not to give you, do a favor. Uh, if you will do that, good things will happen to you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. This has been uh, a great lesson uh, for me in decision-making and reacting to things in real time. Thank you for doing this episode. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, through the uh, pretty basic uh, audio skills that I have here and the production skills uh, in this episode and, and others, uh, this was The War Room. Uh, a podcast about successful founders and executives in great companies and how they dealt with the oh shit moments and recovered from them. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you.